Section 9 of The Oxford Book of American Essays, chosen by Brander Matthews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 9. Preface to Leaves of Grass, 1855, by Walt Whitman. America does not repel the past or what the past has produced under its forms or amid other politics or the idea of castes or the old religions accepts the lesson with calmness is not impatient because the sloth still sticks to opinions and manners in literature while the life which served its requirements has passed into the new life of the new forms perceives that the corpse is slowly borne from the eating and sleeping rooms of the house perceives that it waits a little while in the door that it was fittest for its days that its action has descended to the stalwart and well-shaped heir who approaches and that he shall be fittest for his days the americans of all nations at any time upon the earth have probably the fullest poetical nature the united states themselves are essentially the greatest poem in the history of the earth hitherto the largest and most stirring appear tame and orderly to their ampler largeness and stir here at last is something in the doings of man that corresponds with the broadcast doings of the day and night here is action untied with strings necessarily blind to particulars and details magnificently moving in masses here is the hospitality which for ever indicates heroes here the performance disdaining the trivial unapproached in the tremendous audacity of its crowds and groupings and the push of its perspective spreads with crampless and flowing breath and showers its prolific and splendid extravagance one sees it must indeed own the riches of the summer and winter and need never be bankrupt while corn grows from the ground or the orchards drop apples or the bays contain fish or men beget children upon women other states indicate themselves in their deputies but the genius of the united states is not best or most in its executives or legislatures nor in its ambassadors nor authors or colleges or churches or parlors nor even in its newspapers or inventors but always most in the common people south north west east in all its states through all its mighty amplitude the largeness of the nation however were monstrous without a corresponding largeness and generosity of the spirit of the citizen not swarming states nor streets and steamships nor prosperous business nor farms nor capital nor learning may suffice for the ideal of man nor suffice the poet no reminiscences may suffice either a live nation can always cut a deep mark and can have the best authority the cheapest namely from its own soul this is the sum of the profitable uses of individuals or states and of present action and grandeur and of the subject of poets as if it were necessary to trot back generation after generation to the eastern records 
as if the beauty and sacredness of the demonstrable must fall behind that of the mythical as if men do not make their mark out of any times as if the opening of the western continent by discovery and what has transpired in north and south america were less than the small theatre of the antique or the aimless sleep-walking of the middle ages the pride of the united states leaves the wealth and finesse of the cities and all returns of commerce and agriculture and all the magnitude of geography or shows of exterior victory to enjoy the sight and realization of full-size men or one full-sized man unconquerable and simple the american poets are to enclose old and new for america is the race of races the expression of the american poet is to be transcendent and new it is to be indirect and not direct or descriptive or epic its quality goes through these to much more let the age and wars of other nations be chanted and their eras and characters be illustrated and that finish the verse not so the great psalm of the republic here the theme is creative and has vista whatever stagnates in the flat of custom or obedience or legislation the great poet never stagnates obedience does not master him he masters it high up out of reach he stands turning a concentrated light he turns the pivot with his finger he baffles the swiftest runners as he stands and easily overtakes and envelops them the time straying toward infidelity and confections and persiflage he withholds by steady faith faith is the antiseptic of the soul it pervades the common people and preserves them they never give up believing and expecting and trusting there is that indescribable freshness and unconsciousness about an illiterate person that humbles and mocks the power of the noblest expressive genius the poet sees for a certainty how one not a great artist may be just as sacred and perfect as the greatest artist the power to destroy or remould is freely used by the greatest poet but seldom the power of attack what is past is past if he does not expose superior models and prove himself by every step he takes he is not what is wanted the presence of the great poet conquers not parleying or struggling or any prepared attempts now he has passed that way see after him there is not left any vestige of despair or misanthropy or cunning or exclusiveness or the ignominy of a nativity or colour or delusion of hell or the necessity of hell and no man thenceforward shall be degraded for ignorance or weakness or sin the greatest poet hardly knows pettiness or triviality if he breathes into anything that was before thought small it dilates with the grandeur and the life of the universe he is a seer he is individual he is complete in himself the others are as good as he only he sees it and they do not he is not one of the chorus he does not stop for any regulation he is the president of regulation what the eyesight does to the rest he does to the rest 
who knows the curious mystery of the eyesight the other senses corroborate themselves but this is removed from any proof by its own and foreruns the identities of the spiritual world a single glance of it mocks all the investigations of man and all the instruments and books of the earth and all reasoning what is marvellous what is unlikely what is impossible or baseless or vague after you have once just opened the space of a peach pit and given audience to far and near and to the sunset and had all things enter with electric swiftness softly and duly without confusion or jostling or jam the land and sea the animals fishes and birds the sky of heaven and the orbs the forests mountains rivers are not small themes but folks expect of the poet to indicate more than the beauty and dignity which always attach to dumb real objects they expect him to indicate the path between reality and their souls men and women perceive the beauty well enough probably as well as he the passionate tenacity of hunters woodmen early risers cultivators of gardens and orchards and fields the love of healthy women for the manly form seafaring persons drivers of horses the passion for light and the open air all is an old varied sign of the unfailing perception of beauty and of a residence of the poetic in outdoor people they can never be assisted by poets to perceive some may but they never can the poetic quality is not marshalled in rhyme or uniformity or abstract addresses to things nor in melancholy complaints or good precepts but is the life of these and much else and is in the soul the profit of rhyme is that it drops seeds of a sweeter and more luxuriant rhyme and of uniformity that it conveys itself into its own roots in the ground out of sight the rhyme and uniformity of perfect poems show the free growth of metrical laws and bud from them as unerringly and loosely as lilacs and roses on a bush and take shapes as compact as the shapes of chestnuts and oranges and melons and pears and shed the perfume impalpable to form the fluency and ornaments of the finest poems or music or orations or recitations are not independent but dependent all beauty comes from beautiful blood and a beautiful brain if the greatnesses are in conjunction in a man or a woman it is enough the fact will prevail through the universe but the gaggery and guilt of a million years will not prevail who troubles himself about his ornaments or fluency is lost this is what you shall do love the earth and sun and the animals despise riches give alms to every one every one that asks stand up for the stupid and crazy devote your income and labor to others hate tyrants argue not concerning god have patience and indulgence toward the people take off your hat to nothing known or unknown 
or to any man or number of men go freely with powerful uneducated persons and with the young and with the mothers of families re-examine all you have been told in school or church or in any book and dismiss whatever insults your own soul and your very flesh shall be a great poem and have the richest fluency not only in its words but in the silent lines of its lips and face and between the lashes of your eyes and in every motion and joint of your body the poet shall not spend his time in unneeded work he shall know that the ground is already ploughed and manured others may not know it but he shall he shall go directly to the creation his trust shall master the trust of everything he touches and shall master all attachments the known universe has one complete lover and that is the greatest poet he consumes an eternal passion and is indifferent which chance happens and which possible contingency of fortune or misfortune and persuades daily and hourly his delicious pay what balks or breaks others is fuel for his burning progress to contact and amorous joy other proportions of the reception of pleasure dwindle to nothing to his proportions all expected from heaven or from the highest he is rapport with in the sight of the daybreak or the scenes of the winter woods or the presence of children playing or with his arm round the neck of a man or woman his love above all love has leisure and expanse he leaves room ahead of himself he is no irresolute or suspicious lover he is sure he scorns intervals his experience and the showers and thrills are not for nothing nothing can jar him suffering and darkness cannot death and fear cannot to him complaint and jealousy and envy are corpses buried and rotten in the earth he saw them buried the sea is not surer of the shore or the shore of the sea than he is of the fruition of his love and of all perfection and beauty the fruition of beauty is no chance of miss or hit it is as inevitable as life it is exact and plumb as gravitation from the eyesight proceeds another eyesight and from the hearing proceeds another hearing and from the voice proceeds another voice eternally curious of the harmony of things with man these understand the law of perfection in masses and floods that it is profuse and impartial that there is not a minute of the light or dark nor an acre of the earth and sea without it nor any direction of the sky nor any trade or employment nor any turn of events this is the reason that about the proper expression of beauty there is precision and balance one part does not need to be thrust above another the best singer is not the one who has the most lithe and powerful organ the pleasure of poems is not in them that take the handsomest measure and sound without effort and without 
exposing in the least how it is done the greatest poet brings the spirit of any or all events and passions and scenes and persons some more and some less to bear on your individual character as you hear or read to do this well is to compete with the laws that pursue and follow time what is the purpose must surely be there and the clue of it must be there and the faintest indication is the indication of the best and then becomes the clearest indication past and present and future are not disjoined but joined the greatest poet forms the consistence of what is to be from what has been and is he drags the dead out of their coffins and stands them again on their feet he says to the past rise and walk before me that i may realize you he learns the lesson he places himself where the future becomes present the greatest poet does not only dazzle his rays over character and scenes and passions he finally ascends and finishes all he exhibits the pinnacles that no man can tell what they are for or what is beyond he glows a moment on the extremest verge he is most wonderful in his last half-hidden smile or frown by that flash of the moment of parting the one that sees it shall be encouraged or terrified afterward for many years the greatest poet does not moralize or make applications of morals he knows the soul the soul has that measureless pride which consists in never acknowledging any lessons or deductions but its own but it has sympathy as measureless as its pride and the one balances the other and neither can stretch too far while it stretches in company with the other the inmost secrets of art sleep with the twain the greatest poet has lain close betwixt both and they are vital in his style and thoughts the art of art the glory of expression and the sunshine of the light of letters is simplicity nothing is better than simplicity nothing can make up for excess or for the lack of definiteness to carry on the heave of impulse and pierce intellectual depths and give all subjects their articulations are powers neither common nor very uncommon but to speak in literature with the perfect rectitude and insouciance of the movements of animals and the unimpeachableness of the sentiment of trees in the woods and grass by the roadside is the flawless triumph of art if you have looked on him who has achieved it you have looked on one of the masters of the artists of all nations and times you shall not contemplate the flight of the grey gull over the bay or the mettlesome action of the blood horse or the tall leaning of sunflowers on their stalk or the appearance of the sun journeying through heaven or the appearance of the moon afterward with any more satisfaction than you shall contemplate him 
the great poet has less a marked style and is more the channel of thoughts and things without increase or diminution and is the free channel of himself he swears to his art i will not be meddlesome i will not have in my writing any elegance or effect or originality to hang in the way between me and the rest like curtains i will have nothing hang in the way not the richest curtains what i tell i tell for precisely what it is let who may exalt or startle or fascinate or soothe i will have purposes as health or heat or snow has and be as regardless of observation what i experience or portray shall go from my composition without a shred of my composition you shall stand by my side and look in the mirror with me the old red blood and stainless gentility of great poets will be proved by their unconstraint a heroic person walks at his ease through and out of that custom or precedent or authority that suits him not of the traits of the brotherhood of first-class writers savants musicians inventors and artists nothing is finer than silent defiance advancing from new free forms in the need of poems philosophy politics mechanism science behavior the craft of art an appropriate native grand opera shipcraft or any craft he is greatest for ever and ever who contributes the greatest original practical example the cleanest expression is that which finds no sphere worthy of itself and makes one the messages of great poems to each man and woman are come to us on equal terms only then can you understand us we are no better than you what we enclose you enclose what we enjoy you may enjoy did you suppose there could be only one supreme we affirm there can be unnumbered supremes and that one does not countervail another any more than one eyesight countervails another and that men can be good or grand only of the consciousness of their supremacy within them what do you think is the grandeur of storms and dismemberments and the deadliest battles and wrecks and the wildest fury of the elements and the power of the sea and the motion of nature and the throes of human desires and dignity and hate and love it is that something in the soul which says rage on whirl on i tread master here and everywhere master of the spasms of the sky and of the shatter of the sea master of nature and passion and death and of all terror and all pain the american bards shall be marked for generosity and affection and for encouraging competitors they shall be cosmos without monopoly or secrecy glad to pass anything to anyone hungry for equals night and day they shall not be careful of riches and privilege they shall be riches and privilege they shall perceive who the most affluent man is the most affluent man is he that confronts all the shows he sees by equivalence out of the stronger wealth of himself 
the american bard shall delineate no class of persons nor one or two out of the strata of interests nor love most nor truth most nor the soul most nor the body most and not be for the eastern states more than the western or the northern states more than the southern exact science and its practical movements are no checks on the greatest poet but always his encouragement and support the outset and remembrance are there there the arms that lifted him first and braced him best there he returns after all his goings and comings the sailor and traveller the anatomist chemist astronomer geologist phrenologist spiritualist mathematician historian and lexicographer are not poets but they are the lawgivers of poets and their construction underlies the structure of every perfect poem no matter what rises or is uttered they sent the seed of the conception of it of them and by them stand the visible proofs of souls if there shall be love and content between the father and the son and if the greatness of the son is the exuding of the greatness of the father there shall be love between the poet and the man of demonstrable science in the beauty of poems are henceforth the tuft and final applause of science great is the faith of the flush of knowledge and of the investigation of the depths of qualities and things cleaving and circling here swells the soul of the poet yet is president of itself always the depths are fathomless and therefore calm the innocence and nakedness are resumed they are neither modest nor immodest the whole theory of the supernatural and all that was twined with it or reduced out of it departs as a dream what has ever happened what happens and whatever may or shall happen the vital laws enclose all they are sufficient for any case and for all cases none to be hurried or retarded any special miracle of affairs or persons inadmissible in the vast clear scheme where every motion and every spear of grass and the frames and spirits of men and women and all that concerns them are unspeakably perfect miracles all referring to all and each distinct and in its place it is also not consistent with the reality of the soul to admit that there is anything in the known universe more divine than men and women men and women and the earth and all upon it are to be taken as they are and the investigation of their past and present and future shall be unintermitted and shall be done with perfect candour upon this basis philosophy speculates ever looking towards the poet ever regarding the eternal tendencies of all toward happiness never inconsistent with what is clear to the senses and to the soul for the eternal tendencies of all toward happiness make the only point of sane philosophy whatever comprehends less than that whatever is less than the laws of light and of astronomical motion or less than the laws that follow the thief the liar the glutton and the drunkard through this life and doubtless afterward or less than vast stretches of time or the slow formation of density or the patient upheaving of strata is of no account 
whatever would put god in a poem or system of philosophy as contending against some being or influence is also of no account sanity and ensemble characterize the great master spoilt in one principle all is spoiled the great master has nothing to do with miracles he sees health for himself in being one of the mass he sees the hiatus in singular eminence to the perfect shape comes common ground to be under the general law is great for that is to correspond with it the master knows that he is unspeakably great and that all are unspeakably great that nothing for instance is greater than to conceive children and bring them up well that to be is just as great as to perceive or tell in the make of the great masters the idea of political liberty is indispensable liberty takes the adherence of heroes wherever man and woman exist but never takes any adherence or welcome from the rest more than from poets they are the voice and exposition of liberty they out of ages are worthy the grand idea to them it is confided and they must sustain it nothing has precedence of it and nothing can warp or degrade it as the attributes of the poets of the cosmos concenter in the real body and in the pleasure of things they possess the superiority of genuineness over all fiction and romance as they emit themselves facts are showered over with light the daylight is lit with more than volatile light the deep between the setting and rising sun goes deeper many-fold each precise object or condition or combination or process exhibits a beauty the multiplication table its old age its the carpenter's trade its the grand opera its the huge hulled clean-shaped new york clipper at sea under steam or full sail gleams with unmatched beauty the american circles and large harmonies of government gleam with theirs and the commonest definite intentions and actions with theirs the poets of the cosmos advance through interpositions and coverings and turmoils and stratagems to first principles they are of use they dissolve poverty from its need and riches from its conceit you large proprietor they say shall not realize or perceive more than anyone else the owner of the library is not he who holds a legal title to it having bought and paid for it anyone and everyone is owner of the library indeed he or she alone is owner who can read the same through all the varieties of tongues and subjects and styles and in whom they enter with ease and make supple and powerful and rich and large these american states strong and healthy and accomplished shall receive no pleasure from violations of natural models and must not permit them in paintings or mouldings or carvings in mineral or wood or in the illustrations of books or newspapers or in the patterns of woven stuffs or of anything to beautify rooms or furniture or costumes or to put upon cornices or monuments or on the prows or sterns of ships or to put anywhere before the human eye indoors or out that which distorts honest shapes 
or which creates unearthly beings or places or contingencies is a nuisance and revolt of the human form especially it is so great it must never be made ridiculous of ornaments to a work nothing outre can be allowed but those ornaments can be allowed that conform to the perfect facts of the open air and that flow out of the nature of the work and come irrepressibly from it and are necessary to the completion of the work most works are most beautiful without ornament exaggerations will be revenged in human physiology clean and vigorous children are jetted and conceived only in those communities where the models of natural forms are public every day great genius and the people of these states must never be demeaned to romances as soon as histories are properly told no more need of romances the great poets are to be known by the absence in them of tricks and by the justification of perfect personal candor all faults must be forgiven of him who has perfect candor henceforth let no man of us lie for we have seen that openness wins the inner and outer world and that there is no single exception and that never since our earth gathered itself in a mass have deceit or subterfuge or prevarication attracted its smallest particle or the faintest tinge of a shade and that through the enveloping wealth and rank of a state or the whole republic of states a sneak or sly person shall be discovered and despised and that the soul has never once been fooled and never can be fooled and thrift without the loving nod of the soul is only a fetid puff and there never grew up in any of the continents of the globe nor upon any planet or satellite nor in that condition which precedes the birth of babes nor at any time during the changes of life nor in any stretch of abeyance or action of vitality nor in any process of formation or reformation anywhere a being whose instinct hated the truth extreme caution or prudence the soundest organic health large hope and comparison and fondness for women and children large alimentiveness and destructiveness and casualty with a perfect sense of the oneness of nature and the propriety of the same spirit applied to human affairs are called up of the float of the brain of the world to be parts of the greatest poet from his birth out of his mother's womb and from her birth out of her mother's caution seldom goes far enough it has been thought that the prudent citizen was the citizen who applied himself to solid gains and did well for himself and for his family and completed a lawful life without debt or crime the greatest poet sees and admits these economies as he sees the economies of food and sleep but has higher notions of prudence than to think he gives much when he gives a few slight attentions at the latch of the gate the premises of the prudence of life are not the hospitality of it or the ripeness and harvest of it 
beyond the independence of a little sum laid aside for burial money and of a few clapboards around and shingles overhead on a lot of american soil owned and the easy dollars that supply the year's plain clothing and meals the melancholy prudence of the abandonment of such a great being as a man is to the toss and pallor of years of money-making with all their scorching days and icy nights and all their stifling deceits and underhand dodgings or infinitesimals of parlours or shameless stuffing while others starve and all the loss of the bloom and odour of the earth and of the flowers and atmosphere and of the sea and of the true taste of the women and men who pass or have to do with in youth or middle age and the issuing sickness and desperate revolt at the close of a life without elevation or naivete even if you have achieved a secure ten thousand a year or election to congress or the governorship and the ghastly chatter of a death without serenity or majesty is the great fraud upon modern civilization and forethought blotching the surface and system which civilization undeniably drafts and moistening with tears the immense features it spreads and spreads with such velocity before the reached kisses of the soul ever the right explanation remains to be made about prudence the prudence of the mere wealth and respectability of the most esteemed life appears too faint for the eye to observe at all when little and large alike drop quietly aside at the thought of the prudence suitable for immortality what is the wisdom that fills the thinness of a year or seventy or eighty years to the wisdom spaced out by ages and coming back at a certain time with strong reinforcements and rich presents and the clear faces of wedding guests as far as you can look in every direction running gaily toward you only the soul is of itself all else has reference to what ensues all that a person does or thinks is of consequence nor can the push of charity or personal force ever be anything else than the profoundest reason whether it brings argument to hand or no no specification is necessary to add or subtract or divide is in vain little or big learned or unlearned white or black legal or illegal sick or well from the first inspiration down the windpipe to the last expiration out of it all that a male or female does that is vigorous and benevolent and clean is so much sure profit to him or her in the unshakable order of the universe and through the whole scope of it forever the prudence of the greatest poet answers at last the craving and glut of the soul puts off nothing permits no let-up for its own case or any case has no particular sabbath or judgment day divides not the living from the dead or the righteous from the unrighteous is satisfied with the present matches every thought or act by its correlative and knows no possible forgiveness or deputed atonement 
the direct trial of him who would be the greatest poet is today if he does not flood himself with the immediate age as with vast oceanic tides if he be not himself the age transfigured and if to him is not opened the eternity which gives similitude to all periods and locations and processes and animate and inanimate forms and which is the bond of time and rises up from its inconceivable vagueness and infiniteness in the swimming shapes of to-day and is held by the ductile anchors of life and makes the present spot the passage from what was to what shall be and commits itself to the representation of this wave of an hour and this one of the sixty beautiful children of the wave let him merge in the general run and wait his development still the final test of the poems or any character or work remains the prescient poet projects himself centuries ahead and judges performer or performance after the changes of time does it live through them does it still hold on untired will the same style and the direction of genius to similar points be satisfactory now have the marches of tens and hundreds and thousands of years made willing detours to the right hand and the left hand for his sake is he beloved long and long after he is buried does the young man think often of him and the young woman think often of him and to the middle-aged and the old think of him a great poem is for ages and ages in common and for all degrees and complexions and all departments and sects and for a woman as much as a man and a man as much as a woman a great poem is no finish to a man or woman but rather a beginning has anyone fancied he could sit at last under some due authority and rest satisfied with explanations and realize and be content and full to no such terminus does the greatest poet bring he brings neither secession nor sheltered fatness and ease the touch of him like nature tells in action whom he takes he takes with firm sure grasp into live regions previously unattained thenceforward is no rest they see the space and ineffable sheen that turn the old spots and lights into dead vacuums now there shall be a man cohered out of tumult and chaos the elder encourages the younger and shows him how they too shall launch off fearlessly together till the new world fits an orbit for itself and looks unabashed on the lesser orbits of the stars and sweeps through the ceaseless rings and shall never be quiet again there will soon be no more priests their work is done a new order shall arise and shall be the priests of man and every man shall be his own priest they shall find their inspiration in real objects to-day symptoms of the past and future they shall not deign to defend immortality or god or the perfection of things or liberty or the exquisite beauty and reality of the soul they shall arise in america 
and be responded to from the remainder of the earth the english language befriends the grand american expression it is brawny enough and limber and full enough on the tough stock of a race who through all change of circumstance was never without the idea of political liberty which is the animus of all liberty it has attracted the terms of daintier and gayer and subtler and more elegant tongues it is the powerful language of resistance it is the dialect of common sense it is the speech of the proud and melancholy races and of all who aspire it is the chosen tongue to express growth faith self-esteem freedom justice equality friendliness amplitude prudence decision and courage it is the medium that shall well-nigh express the inexpressible no great literature nor any like style of behavior or oratory or social intercourse or household arrangements or public institutions or the treatment by bosses of employed people nor executive detail or detail of the army and navy nor spirit of legislation or courts or police or tuition or architecture or songs or amusements can long elude the jealous and passionate instinct of american standards whether or no the sign appears from the mouths of the people it throbs a live interrogation in every freeman's and freewoman's heart after that which passes by or this built to remain is it uniform with my country are its disposals without ignominious distinctions is it for the ever-growing communes of brothers and lovers large well united proud beyond the old models generous beyond old models is it something grown fresh out of the fields or drawn from the sea for use to me to-day here i know that what answers for me an american in texas ohio canada must answer for any individual or nation that serves for a part of my materials does this answer is it for the nursing of the young of the republic does it solve readily with the sweet milk of the nipples of the breasts of the mother of many children america prepares with composure and good will for the visitors that have sent word it is not intellect that is to be their warrant and welcome the talented the artist the ingenious the editor the statesman the erudite are not unappreciated they fall in their place and do their work the soul of the nation also does its work it rejects none it permits all only toward the like of itself will it advance halfway an individual is as superb as a nation when he has the qualities which make a superb nation the soul of the largest and wealthiest and proudest nation may well go halfway to meet that of its poets americanism in literature by thomas wentworth higginson the voyager from europe who lands upon our shores perceives a difference in the sky above his head the height seems loftier the zenith more remote the horizon wall 
more steep the moon appears to hang in the middle air beneath a dome that arches far beyond it the sense of natural symbolism is so strong in us that the mind seeks a spiritual significance in this glory of the atmosphere it is not enough to find the sky enlarged and not the mind celum non animum one wishes to be convinced that here the intellectual man inhales a deeper breath and walks with bolder tread that philosopher and artist are here more buoyant more fresh more fertile that the human race has here escaped at one bound from the despondency of ages as from their wrongs and the true and healthy americanism is to be found let us believe in this attitude of hope an attitude not necessarily connected with culture nor with the absence of culture but with the consciousness of a new impulse given to all human progress the most ignorant man may feel the full strength and heartiness of the american idea and so may the most accomplished scholar it is a matter of regret if thus far we have mainly had to look for our americanism and our scholarship in very different quarters and if it has been a rare delight to find the two in one it seems unspeakably important that all persons among us and especially the student and the writer should be pervaded with americanism americanism includes the faith that national self-government is not a chimera but that with whatever inconsistencies and drawbacks we are steadily establishing it here it includes the faith that to this good thing all other good things must in time be added when a man is heartily imbued with such a national sentiment as this it is as marrow in his bones and blood in his veins he may still need culture but he has the basis of all culture he is entitled to an imperturbable patience and hopefulness born of a living faith all that is scanty in our intellectual attainments or poor in our artistic life may then be cheerfully endured if a man sees his house steadily rising on sure foundations he can wait or let his children wait for the cornice and the freeze but if one happens to be born or bred in america without this wholesome confidence there is no happiness for him he has his alternative between being unhappy at home and unhappy abroad it is a choice of martyrdoms for himself and a certainty of martyrdom for his friends happily there are few among our cultivated men in whom this oxygen of american life is wholly wanting where such exist for them the path across the ocean is easy and the return how hard yet our national character develops slowly we are aiming at something better than our english fathers and we pay for it by greater vacillations and vibrations of movement the englishman's strong point is a vigorous insularity which he carries with him portable and sometimes insupportable the american's 
more perilous gift is a certain power of assimilation so that he acquires something from every man he meets but runs the risk of parting with something in return for the result greater possibilities of culture balanced by greater extremes of sycophancy and meanness emerson says that the englishman of all men stands most firmly on his feet but it is not the whole of man's mission to be found standing even at the most important post let him take one step forward and in that advancing figure you have the american we are accustomed to say that the war and its results have made us a nation subordinated local distinctions cleared us of our chief shame and given us the pride of a common career this being the case we may afford to treat ourselves to a little modest self-confidence those whose faith in the american people carry them hopefully through the long contest with slavery will not be daunted before any major perplexities of chinese immigrants or railway brigands or enfranchised women we are equal to these things and we shall also be equal to the creation of a literature we need intellectual culture inexpressibly but we need a hearty faith still more never yet was there a great migration that did not result in a new form of national genius but we must guard against both croakers and boasters and above all we must look beyond our little boston or new york or chicago or san francisco and be willing citizens of the great republic the highest aim of most of our literary journals has thus far been to appear english except where some diverging experimentalist has said let us be german or let us be french this was inevitable as inevitable as a boy's first imitation of byron or tennyson but it necessarily implied that our literature must during this epoch be second-rate we need to become national not by any conscious effort such as implies attitudinizing and constraint but by simply accepting our own life it is not desirable to go out of one's way to be original but it is to be hoped that it may lie in one's way originality is simply a fresh pair of eyes if you want to astonish the whole world said rahel tell the simple truth it is easier to excuse a thousand defects in the literary man who proceeds on his faith than to forgive the one great defect of imitation in the purist who seeks only to be english as wasson has said the englishman is undoubtedly a wholesome figure to the mental eye but will not twenty million copies of him do for the present we must pardon something to the spirit of liberty we must run some risks as all immature creatures do in the effort to use our limbs professor edward channing used to say that it was a bad sign for a college boy to write too well there should be exuberances and inequalities a nation which has but just begun to create a literature must sow some wild oats the most tiresome vaingloriousness 
may be more hopeful than hypercriticism and spleen the follies of the absurdest spread-eagle orator may be far more promising because they smack more of the soil than the neat londonism of the city editor who dissects him it is but a few years since we have dared to be american in even the details and accessories of our literary work to make our allusions to natural objects real not conventional to ignore the nightingale and skylark and look for the classic and romantic on our own soil this change began mainly with emerson some of us can recall the bewilderment with which his verses on the humble bee for instance were received when the choice of subject caused as much wonder as the treatment it was called a foolish affectation of the familiar happily the atmosphere of distance formed itself rapidly in a new land and the poem has now as serene a place in literature as if andrew marvell had written it the truly cosmopolitan writer is not he who carefully denudes his work of everything occasional and temporary but he who makes his local colouring forever classic through the fascination of the dream it tells reason imagination passion are universal but sky climate costume and even type of human character belong to some one spot alone till they find an artist potent enough to stamp their associations on the memory of all the world whether his work be picture or symphony legend or lyric is of little moment the spirit of the execution is all in all as yet we americans have hardly begun to think of the details of execution in any art we do not aim at perfection of detail even in engineering much less in literature in the haste of our national life most of our intellectual work is done at a rush is something inserted in the odd moments of the engrossing pursuit the popular preacher becomes a novelist the editor turns his paste pot and scissors to the compilation of a history the same man must be poet wit philanthropist and genealogist we find a sort of pleasure in seeing this variety of effort just as the bystanders like to see a street musician adjust every joint in his body to a separate instrument and play a concerted piece with the whole of himself to be sure he plays each part badly but it is such a wonder he should play them all thus in our rather hurried and helter-skelter training the man is brilliant perhaps his main work is well done but his secondary work is slurred the book sells no doubt by reason of the author's popularity in other fields it is only the tone of our national literature that suffers there is nothing in american life that can make concentration cease to be a virtue let a man choose his pursuit and make all else count for recreation only goethe's advice to eckermann is infinitely more important here than it ever was in germany beware of dissipating your powers strive constantly to concentrate them genius thinks it can do whatever it sees others doing but it is sure to repent of every ill-judged outlay in one respect however this desultory activity is an advantage 
it makes men look in a variety of directions for a standard as each sect in religion helps to protect us from some other sect so every mental tendency is the limitation of some other we need the english culture but we do not need it more evidently than we need the german the french the greek the oriental in prose literature for instance the english contemporary models are not enough there is an admirable vigour and heartiness a direct and manly tone king richard still lives but saladin also had his fine sword-play let us see him there are the delightful french qualities the atmosphere where literary art means fineness of touch où il n'y a point de délicatesse il n'y a point de littérature une écrit où ne se rencontre que de la four et une certaine fusant éclat n'annonce que le caractère but there is something in the english climate which seems to turn the fine edge of any very choice scimitar till it cuts saladin's own fingers at last god forbid that i should disparage this broad anglo-saxon manhood which is the basis of our national life i knew an american mother who sent her boy to rugby school in england in the certainty as she said that he would there learn two things to play cricket and to speak the truth he acquired both thoroughly and she brought him home from what she deemed in comparison the ornamental branches we cannot spare the englishman from our blood but it is our business to make him more than an englishman that iron must become steel finer harder more elastic more polished for this end the english stock was transferred from an island to a continent and mixed with new ingredients that it might lose its quality of coarseness and take a more delicate grain as yet it must be owned this daring expectation is but feebly reflected in our books in looking over any collection of american poetry for instance one is struck with the fact that it is not so much faulty as inadequate emerson set free the poetic intuition of america hawthorne its imagination both looked into the realm of passion emerson with distrust hawthorne with eager interest but neither thrilled with its spell and the american poet of passion is yet to come how tame and manageable are want to be the motions of our bards how placid and literary their illusions there is no baptism of fire no heat that breeds excess yet it is not life that is grown dull surely there are as many secrets in every heart as many skeletons in every closet as in any elder period of the world's career it is the interpreters of life who are found wanting and that not on this soil alone but throughout the anglo-saxon race it is not just to say as someone has said that our language has not in this generation produced a love-song for it has produced browning but was it in england or in italy that he learned to sound the depths of all human emotion End of section nine.